Welcome to episode 28 of Lil Muck, a tiny slice of the Muck podcast where we talk to people in the media and politics about their favorite stories or experiences. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Today, we are interviewing Broward County Public School Board Member for District 3, Sarah Leonardi. Hillary, tell us about today's guest. I am very happy to tell you about today's guest. Sarah Leonardi is a teacher and current school board member for Broward County Public Schools District 3. She has nearly a decade of teaching experience, primarily teaching English in Broward's public high schools. During her tenure in Broward schools, she served as the sponsor to various clubs, worked as a mentor to other teachers, and was voted the Teacher of the Year at Coconut Creek High School in 2016. Miss Leonardi grew up in the Middle East, spending six years in Cairo, Egypt, and nine years in Dubai, United Arab Emirates. As the daughter of a teacher, she was raised to truly believe in the power of education in changing lives. She moved back to the United States to attend the University of Miami, where she earned her Bachelor of Science in Education in 2011. Miss Leonardi lives in Pompano Beach with her sweet husband, Ross. She serves on the vestry of her church, St. Nicholas Episcopal Church, and enjoys volunteering with the bingo ministry there. Oh my God, I love bingo. <laughs> she also, <laughs> why, I need to come to the bingo over yes. here. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're actually just starting up, so you guys should oh, come. Please, I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> she also serves, now, but I'm very competitive. I'm sorry, I'm in the, I'm in the middle of your bio, but I will... Um, I will beat these old people at bingo. I'm telling you oh, right no. now. These, these old ladies, these old ladies will cut you. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's serious. Okay. So she also serves on community boards, such as Ruthless Broward, an organization that works to get women elected to local and statewide office. Miss Sarah Leonardi, welcome to Little Mug. Welcome. Thank you guys for inviting me. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. This is incredible. So we've known Sarah since before she she ran for the seat, which yes. is incredible, and yes. it was a, a very exciting uh, race and campaign. And oh my goodness! Especially because Sarah's one of these new candidates who ran for the first time, and then the pandemic hit. Yes. Right. So Tina, uh, Tina, uh, Sarah had to adjust to how are we now going to run this campaign? Right. And she did it uh, with grace. Oh my god, seamlessly <laughs> and respect. And she was uh, it was a beautiful campaign to watch, yeah. and so excited. One of the ones we were like, thank God, this person won in twenty twenty. Yes. So. Sarah, tell us about how your experience uh, with public education influenced your work as a school board member today. Well, thank you guys for the kind words. Mm. Um, and, you know, it was a beautiful campaign because of people like the two of you who mm. supported me and volunteered and listened to me cry. So thank <laughs> you for that. Of course. <laughs> you know, so I guess my experience as a teacher really you know, drove me to run. And I think there were a few experiences when I was teaching um, that really influenced that. Uh, one was constantly having to fundraise for basic school supplies for my kids. Um, I remember having to do Donors Choose Project. Uh, I think I raised like over $3,000 over the course of my career uh, wow. just to buy stuff that like kids needed on a day-to-day basis. And that was like on top of, you know, the already thousands of dollars it's of money uh, that teachers spend like out of their own pockets uh, for their classrooms. So that was one of, one of the things that really drove me to run. And I think the other, it was kind of like an overarching experience was, you know, whenever I would have to implement like a new policy that didn't make a whole lot of sense um, in my class, you know, I'd say, well, well, this is coming down from the district guys. And they were like, well, why are we doing this? And my answer was, well, it makes the least amount of sense. That's why we're doing it. And, <laughs> and, and they would laugh. And, 
you know, I got really frustrated with that and I, I wanted to be a part of changing that and I wanted to get outside of the classroom and try to have a bigger impact. Wow. That's incredible. And I mean, educators do put so much of their own money uh, into the mm-hmm. classroom all of the time, well, all you of know, the time. Educators have a lot of extra dough lying around, right. you know, so it's <laughs> fine. Yeah, it's fine. They make so much money. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sarah, I wanted to ask you, there are several states right now that are trying to pass education bills that would limit teachers' uh, ability to talk about race or racism in the classroom. What can school boards do uh, about that, or can they do anything about those bills? So, I mean, that that's kind of a larger issue with like you know state legislatures especially our state legislature in Florida has this unique obsession with trying to control school boards and uh, you know local school districts um in in ways that they don't do to city commissions or county commissions um and so you know I think school boards all over the country need to do a better job of lobbying their state legislatures building relationships with state reps and state senators um, to, to try to prevent this kind of legislation from coming down. Um, I would really love to see, you know, kind of like a consortium of school boards working together to fight legislation like this alongside local unions. Mm. Um, we don't see that happen a whole lot. And I think that could be incredibly effective. Um, Um, but it would have to be really a really concerted collaborative campaign. Um, and then just get teachers and parents activated again to, to lobby the state legislature, because this is, that's where it's coming down from. I love that. And it reminds me of this, this awful voting bill that, that came down this session in Florida, but all of the, um, supervisor of elections across the state, you know, which were majority Republican and like a handful. I think Joe Scott is, he's a Democrat here in Broward, who's our supervisor of elections. And when he was on the show was telling us that they all were again, there was not one, one supervisor of elections that was for that bill. Regardless of party. Yeah. But they have a Mm whole, uh, uh, Coalition association of all of them who got together and were like in charge of contacting the reps in their area, making sure they're going to vote against this. Obviously it didn't go the way that we wanted, but there was nobody who was for that. But the power of in the numbers, like you're saying is, is, uh, is really, really important. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting that you bring up the Republican supervisors of elections because you know, we're a member of the Florida school board association and I've been going to a lot of their conferences and, you know, a lot of the school boards from the northern and central part of the state are, you know, it's, it's technically a nonpartisan seat, but, you know, they are Republicans and they're mm-hmm. Republican counties. And they're watching all of the things coming out of the legislature underfunding or defunding public mm-hmm. education. And, you know, they they are disgusted. And so it's like the Republicans on, on these local boards and commissions and these local elected Republicans need to really step up and speak to the state reps and state senators who are putting this on, on all of us yeah, um, and speak to, to their peers, you know? Yeah. Because defunding schools is not going to help any school board anywhere. That no. doesn't make any sense, you know? Mm-mm. So mm-hmm. the Broward school board is, is always fun and interesting to talk about. <laughs> uh, and they seem to be in a bit of flux right now, but so you've come into this uh, and you guys are, have a lot of things going on, but what has been your favorite part so far as being a school board member? You know, I think being able to, like, affect people's lives and even in just, like, the smallest ways has been 
the most exciting part for me. And so um, there are like a few examples, like one also being able to like interact with other local elected officials, like commissioners and things like that, and being able to like collaborate with them. So there was one time where um, the mayor of Oakland Park, Jane Bolin, sent me, you know, a phone call that she had got from a constituent in Oakland Park who uh, was was upset because um, like the lights from an elementary school were shining into her home at night Mm. and she gave, she like left her address in the voicemail. And so I showed up at like seven o'clock at night when it was dark to see these lights shining into her house. And I contacted uh, our physical plant operations folks and they fixed it. And she was just so, (laughs) she was so excited that we were able to, to do that. And so it seems like a really small thing, but it's actually being able to like be effective and get something done, things like that, that are really exciting. Or um, there was an instance where a teacher at one of the local high schools contacted me because she was a sponsor of the GSA, the Gay Straight Alliance. And um, because of some like district policy, the students who are a member of that club were going to have to like register on um like their student portal and their parents their parents have access to that student portal so you know this this idea of confidentiality which is at like the core of a g the membership of a gsa because you don't want to like out kids to their parents um was really up in up up for for debate here and so i was able to make some phone calls and get that policy to not um apply to the members of the gsa so things like that um have been my, my favorite part. And obviously like getting to go into schools and interact with kids, um, it's always going to be my favorite part, but you know, being able to do some like larger policy things is also exciting. Right. Yeah. And just to be able to connect to the constituents and in such a direct way on this individual level and make that impact is incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I know you have those wonderful stories, but what do you see as some of the biggest challenges facing our public schools? Um, obviously, money is number one. Um, and I, I, I actually just had this conversation with a teacher the other day. I think that culturally in our country right now, there is a real lack of respect for education and educators. Mm. And then you always have the issue that like kids don't vote or can't vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, people in charge don't, necessarily make the best decisions for um for our public schools and so that means like you know underfunding and defunding public education um but it also means taking away teacher autonomy it means um you know attacking local school boards it means you know not trusting teachers to actually teach and do their jobs and so we you know we see the attacks on um history teachers we see attacks on, you know, what what can actually be taught in our in our schools, um, and I, I just think that comes from a real la- culture of lack of respect for education and, and educators. And I, I honestly think it's because the the profession is dominated by women. Mm. You know, I mean, the lack of respect. It's so interesting because there is that feeling uh, as as someone who is in education. Uh, mm-hmm. where people think that that teachers don't really do anything but babysit. They think that we have summers off. And so, you know, therefore we have like this cush job. And, you know, as a former educator, you know, like summers is for planning. It's for workshops. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we're working all of the time. 
And, and it's also for sanity and mental health. Right, right. Um, and, and, and for people to, to go do doctor's appointments and take mm. care of like the day-to-day things that they can't do during the day. Well, and it's exhausting. I mean, it is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get to June, it, like you really do need that mental health break. But my, you know, my family is from Italy. And when I, when my grandmother, who she's now passed away, but when she found out that I was going to be a teacher, like in Italy, it is such a respected profession within the culture that yeah. she was so, so proud. And it's such a different mindset than what other people think here about it. So I think that's a yeah. really important point you made that it's sort of this ingrained in our culture, not to respect this profession. Mm. Yep. Cause I can guarantee you, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, you know, like, some of the first comments that non-educators make when, you know, when I would tell them I'm a teacher would be, oh, bless your heart. I could never do what you do. Right. Um, it must be nice to have summers off. Uh, when I taught, I taught, it's funny, you're teaching first grade. It was not something I was talented at. But, <laughs> you know, people would say, oh, oh, so what do you do? Like, do you finger painting all day? And, mm. you know, those are, those are just like the, the first things that come out of people's mouths, not like, oh, wow, you do, like, that's an incredible job. Um, tell me more about it. You know, right. people aren't eager to learn about it. They're just they're just really condescending about it. Right. And teachers do so much. I mean, you have to wear so many different hats as an educator that people don't even realize, like, the level of work that really goes into it. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, if, you, if both of you think I'm going to sit here and let you get away <laughs> with summers off, you're crazy. You're crazy. I mean, oh, we get the summers off. Yeah, that's humong. To me, yeah. that's humongous. Oh my god. So a lot of my friends uh, that are teachers, and then so like during the summer, they're like, "Let's go on a Wednesday." I'm like, "Wait a minute, I have to work tomorrow." You guys. No, I have so much respect for teachers, and here's the other reason why: because uh, I have to tell you, I have zero patience whatsoever. I'm, I'm sure you guys know that, um, but the, what my children have learned, you know, at school coming home and telling me like, uh, my daughter started at public school this year. And it's, I, I mean, I've told Sarah this, uh, off the mic several times. It was one of the best decisions we ever made is to put her into a Broward County public school. She has made incredible friends. The diversity in the school, uh, has opened her eyes to so many things and has made her an I'll quote her an ally to the LGBTQ community um, because of the people that she's the teachers that she's been exposed to and the kids that are in the school. And um, I've never seen her happier or more. um, I don't know. Alive. I don't know how to describe it. She's very engaged. She's very very engaged engaged with her school school. She's learned an incredible amount of of things. I I can't. It's the happiest thing. I mean, the best thing that we've ever done is put her in the Broward County public school system. We love it. Um, so let's talk about what is your vision for the Broward County School Board or Broward County Schools? I'm sorry. Yeah, for Broward County Schools, um, and this has changed a little bit since I've been in office now for a few months. One is, you know, enrollment, and that might sound a little bit boring, but it really speaks to what you were just saying, Hillary, right? So your, your children were in private school before, mm-hmm. right? Yes, um, and now you've put your, your daughter into public school and she's had this incredible experience. Mm-hmm. And by the way, public school is free. So that's awesome. Yeah, right. I'll tell you what, yeah. My pocketbook said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you've had this wonderful experience and wanting, and I just really want to uplift that experience mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I think there's, 
this misconception that there are good and bad schools um, throughout the county. And I, I really do want to push back on that because having visited every single school in District 3 and schools outside of District 3 and having worked at, you know, A schools, D schools, and F schools, you know, I really don't believe in this idea that there's a good school and a bad school. And when people say like, oh, I don't want to send my child to that school, I heard it's a, a terrible school, you know, I'm really starting to ask, well, what makes you think that? Or what makes you say that? What about that makes it a bad school? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do think it's just a lot of word of mouth. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of people fearful of, you know, what might be different from them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of the things that I really, really hope we can work on as as a system is increasing enrollment, marketing ourselves to, um, to the parents of Broward County, and to to really try to increase our enrollment, because um, when we do that, you know, we are protecting our our local public schools um, from being closed down. um, And we're, you know, we're building community. And so that's, that's something that I care a lot about. Um, obviously, something that's really near and dear to my heart is uplifting and elevating our, our employees, our teachers, um, our teachers' aides, our bus drivers, our cafeteria workers, making sure they get paid a living wage, um, you know, making sure that they have the respect that, that they deserve. Uh, one thing that is kind of like a pie-in-the-sky dream for me would be paid maternity leave mm. uh, for educators. A lot of people don't know that, you know, teachers don't get paid maternity leave. So they really depend on their sick days. Um, and, and, you know, I, I guess if they have a spouse, a spouse's income to survive during maternity when they're on maternity leave. I had a friend who uh, she actually had worked in, at Publix in high school and college um, and had accrued public stock. And so that's what she lived off when she was on maternity leave while wow. she was teaching. Um, so that's something that, you know, that would be like, I know it's a really, you know, kind of out of this world dream. Um, there's only like a few school districts that are doing that in the country, but I think it would be a really cool thing if we could get, get there um, in Broward County public schools. Oh, that would be incredible. And I have to say one thing that um, I noticed that you do a lot of on your social media is highlight, the really cool things that the schools in your area are doing. And um, I love that idea because you're right. There are schools in Broward that people think, oh, that's a bad school. Um, and would well, not. Well, it's that grading system. I was going to well, ask yeah, that. It's What's the, with this mm-hmm. ABCD? It's the grading. Yeah. Oh, that's an F school. No. Like, what mm-hmm. is what is with that? What is that? Or even even if it's a C school or a B school. Right. Like, there are C and B schools in, in District 3 that, like, when I talk to parents, uh, they're like, no, I, I can't send my child there. I heard it's a terrible school. I'm like, right. well, why? Yeah, they don't really have an answer. Right, but a lot of the magnet programs are doing some really cool things at mm-hmm. uh, the the schools in the area that I didn't know about until I looked at you know the posts that you were making, and I was like, wow, I didn't know that school was doing mm. you know this thing. So um, I really love that idea of really publicizing and highlighting all of the cool programs and what the students are doing to get it out into the community. Because I think you're right. There is this stigma because it's solely based on a school grade or the area that the school is in Mm -hmm. or some reputation that the school has. Um, And I feel like at least out East, it feels like there's a lot of white flight that happens from Mm -hmm. in our, in our public schools as well. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. That's that's Mm -hmm. a problem. Or cities. I mean, 
cities are creating their own charter schools, which is crazy yeah. too. We already have schools. We're going to build yeah. another school. There's three schools right here. What the, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, don't get, I don't understand. I don't get it. No. Yeah. It's, it's infuriating. Well, also, um, and, and once I, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, I, I just think, you know, it, kind of getting back to Tina's statement or question earlier about like, you know, what's the biggest threat facing public schools? Well, one of that, one of those threats is the idea that like people think that they went to school and so they know everything about what it is to be an educator and mm. to run a school and to run a school system. And that's just not the case. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, when one of my kids' teachers says something to me, I believe them. Like I know right. there's a lot of people, even it doesn't have to be behavioral either. You know what I mean? It could be a great, like my son was working very hard to get A's and B's all year on his report card so he could get a gift that was his goal and this last quarter he slacked off and he got a c in reading and it was the final exam and i don't know if it was the pressure of it all or whatever but he didn't get that b and so i had to i wrote an email to the teacher and i was like hey is there anything he can do she's like listen if i give him extra credit i gotta give everybody everybody else it's not really fair and i was like hey i said to him did you earn this or not like what am i gonna do argue with this the teacher no No. he didn't work as hard as he could have i believe the teacher but i'm not gonna be one Uh of those parents who's like you know i mean i knew a lot of kids like that whose parents would push back on the teacher and saying things weren't that person's fault i can't imagine the pressure that teachers feel with that kind of thing I I I I can speak to that person. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. But who like and when you're talking about maternity leave, who the hell would be against that? Like, why would some? Is it just a money thing? Is it a cost? It's probably it a woman thing. So, <laughs> so it's really interesting because I, I did initially think it was a money thing, um, but I was actually talking with Sabrina Javiana, and mm. she's she's also pushing paid maternity leave for the city. Of, of Hollandale Beach and she was saying that like they did a study and it actually wouldn't cost the city that much money because um those, they've already budget for those salaries wow so and, and obviously the city of Hollandale Beach is very different from you know we're the sixth largest school district in the country mm-hmm. uh, we're the largest employer in Broward County and so it's a little bit different but it's still financially possible and and when we talk about you know priorities and money like we we make things happen if we really care about it, yeah. right? So we put a lot of time and a lot of resources into testing. Mm. Um, and, and that's because we care a whole lot about testing and, you know, a few other things that I'm not going to say. But, yeah. but um, you know, if we really cared about taking care of our employees, if we really cared about, uh, you know, implementing and, and serving our, our kids with in terms of mental health, um, mm. as much as we cared about testing, you know, those things could happen. And uh, that's also how you get employees to want to work for you, right? right. Like that's mm-hmm. how you get people to come in. Hey, we offer maternity leave. That that's a right. huge thing. Maternity for leave, you know, yeah. decent pay. Yes. So I mean, Sarah, yeah. you've been sitting on the board for a little while. Is there anything that has surprised you about your work on the board or things that you, you know, uh, didn't expect to do that, that, uh, you've had to do? You know, I think my experience, like, I guess the majority of my work experience has been with kids. And, you know, I obviously interact with and collaborate with teachers, but it's, it's all because we have, like, a common goal. Like, there aren't teachers, like, trying to sabotage each other or, like, 
um, you know, maybe in some instances there are, but like, I've never really had that experience. Mm -hmm. Like I've always had this experience where we we are all on the same page. We all have the same goal. We're really willing to, um, you know, work together and for each other for, for the kids. And I guess, you know, one thing that surprised me or I wasn't anticipating was like how complicated it is to work with a lot of people who have been entrenched in bureaucracy for a very long time Mm. and, you know, who have different interests than, than each other um, and who are really willing to do a, a lot to, to protect those interests. Mm. Um, I'm sorry if that's like a bullshit answer. <laughs> it's not a I'm bullshit trying to, answer. I'm trying to be. <laughs> no, that's I'm a, trying to be. No, it's a perfect diplomatic. answer. No, yeah. totally diplomatic. And, and I mean, I mean, it's, it happens with everybody. Like it's an elected position. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of electeds in Tallahassee who have lost sight of why they're there, what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, you know, Cindy Polo talked about it on her episode. It's the, they find their own interests and who they're going to serve. And it's not ever going to, it's necessary. It's after a while, it's not the voters and the people they're representing. Right. And so it becomes, and it's a shame. It it's is a shame. shame. It is a shame because they amass a lot of power and they can make, they can do a lot of damage to people. So um, when kids are concerned, it's, it's 10 times as bad, yeah. you know? Yep. Yep. Well, on that note, uh, I don't know what this <laughs> is. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, you know, we have a lot of respect for you. We love you dearly. Oh my goodness. And, um, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. So proud of the work that you're doing. And I love, I love that you are, are substitute teaching. I yeah. love that like, you, you know, are, are, are working on the board, but you're still going into the classrooms. You're still going into schools. Like that is so but think about it. It keeps her me. in touch with what the yeah. hell her job is. I yeah, mean, I, it's great. I, I said, is anybody else doing this? She's like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, this is what they should be doing. Yeah. This is who you're representing. You go in there and rub elbows with teachers and they're going to tell you what the hell's going on. Like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Doing. I mean, she just got out of the classroom. Yeah. My God, yeah. it's amazing. You're incredible. We incredible. love you. Oh, you guys are making me blush. No, I mean <laughs> it, that's I, that's what I said I was going to do when I was running. You know, and it's a huge part of my identity is being a teacher. And honestly, like it's only like once a week. I haven't been able to sub in, in a few weeks, you know, because of scheduling and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, it's honestly like a really nice change of pace um, from you know, school board stuff. And it's like a day where I don't have to answer emails or pick up phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can just like be with kids and admire other teachers' classrooms. <laughs> I was going to say, I, was I love that. I I love mean, could that. you imagine you call in sick and they're like, oh, your sub is the school board member. I'm like, oh shit, did I get all the time put everything together the right way? I hope everything's okay with my lesson plan. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's like I didn't even a, think about that. Your boss come in and do your, <laughs> just your No, classroom. no, so I've, I've been, I, I can't sub in Broward County Public Schools. Oh, that's um, right. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. so it's like a, because it's a conflict. So as yes. soon as I was born in, um, I couldn't work in Broward County Public Schools as an employee. But, yeah. so I've been going up to Palm Beach County. And like, I mean, I'll say this, like pretty much no one in Broward like knows who their school board member is. And, <laughs> you know, like no one in Palm Beach County knows who I am. Like I'm a school board member in Broward, like, not important no one yeah. knows who I am so it's like also the anonymity is pretty nice too yeah. <laughs> oh my god I can't imagine that sounds so much like so much fun oh I love it yeah I love well, it well so thank much. you for being with us today 
thank you guys. It was an honor. I've been so excited to to one day be invited. So oh thank my you gosh. so much for having me. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about it on the last episode yeah, of the month. We were last, like, we have week. to, have to, have to, have yeah, to. Yeah, and I was like, how come we haven't asked Sarah to come on? This is so stupid. What, what are we doing? What are we waiting for? Yeah, let's do it. All right, well, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Tell your husband we said what's up. Yeah. <laughs> I will, and I'll say hi to Daisy Cat for me, too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, have a great day. Thank you again for coming on the show. Love you both. Love you. Bye. 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 If you want to learn more about this week's guest, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support the Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for the Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Dougherty.